Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good afternoon, St. Louis DGS on KMOX. Happy Monday to you. Absolutely gorgeous, perfect day out there. I'm like the Groundhog Day. Uh, Dave's wearing the sock cap, so it's cold weather. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I got a these, guys, these guys always notice when I walk in the first time with the beanie. Yep. Or the first day, especially when I walk in without it, it freaks people out to see yeah. my head again. So. Yeah, it's the changing of the seasons. Yeah, it is. I should just get a big nasty hat head season. tattoo and <laughs> not unveil it until the spring. Hat season and no hat season. That's right. <laughs> the tattoo should just say it's hot outside. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Because if you can see it, it's it, hot it's outside. Warm. Oh, man. Saturday, when it was 60, I almost I walked outside. I almost cried at how happy I was. I know. Just that 60, 61, yeah. sunny. Oh, Let's go. Um, so we have uh, we have a really good show put together for you today. I'm especially especially excited that uh, at 2 p.m., Rabbi Shmuel Greenwald, who DGS listeners know as the priest and the rabbi, rabbi, he's been with me 22 years now. And on Saturday, uh, I woke up early for some reason on Saturday. I typically don't. And so I felt like I was in on sort of the the ground floor of what was going on, like, I'm still blurry-eyed, just got made my coffee, and I see Netanyahu, and he's talking about this is war, and I, I didn't know what was going on, obviously. And uh, one of the first things I did was I reached out to Rabbi, and I just said, hey, so why don't you to know, I'm sorry what's going on in Israel, and I'm, you know, you have my personal support. And he said, I'm there now. Hmm. He And I remembered he was on Priest and Rabbi about three weeks ago, and we were just chit-chat, and he said, yeah, I'm going to Israel. Three, I think three of his four kids live there. And uh, so he's there. He's in Jerusalem. Mm. And so he, uh, I think they're eight hours ahead of us. And we'll be talking to him at 2 p.m. And then I know it's going to be a great interview. And we're going to replay part of that at uh, 4.40 uh, when the most people are listening to the show and they get to hear it. Um, we're going to be, uh, Jim Talent's going to join us at 3 p.m. Uh, Rabbi again is at 2. We're going to go ahead and play the Sweet 16 because, you know, I talked over with the guys. We, we can't do wall-to-wall Israel Israeli coverage, but we'll you know be having guests on. We'll be talking about it ourselves. We'll be taking your phone calls. Uh, I pretty much did nothing but watch it on television the whole weekend. Watched a couple Halloween horror movies, but just I was just glued, just like CNN, Fox, MSNBC, CNN, Fox, MSNBC, back and forth, back and forth. Um, 
Amy, I know you just finished three hours, and I know you've given your opinions, but uh, I respect your opinion so much. They're, they're not only smart, but they're educated and come from experience. So I wanted to start with you. And I'm not trying to get out of giving my takes because I will, mm-hmm. but on the break, you were just sort of talking to us about it. Um, can you do it again? Sure. Yeah, no. Um, I think you have to just set the table and, first of all, establish there is zero moral equivalence between Israel and Hamas, which is a terrorist organization. Um, Hamas was initially founded as part of Egypt's Muslim Brotherhood. It is uh, Palestinian, but it's funded by Qatari cash. It's funded by Iran. So a lot of times we in the U.S. try to have this like reductionist view of Palestinians versus Israelis, and there are two sides. There are not two sides. And when you look at it from an Israeli perspective, there are multiple sides because, again, Hamas is a terrorist organization, which, by the way, oppresses the Palestinian people, blows up bridges and takes the humanitarian aid and supplies away from the Palestinian people. They purposely oppress them. That is backed by Iran and larger organizations in the same way that in the West Bank, you have the Palestinian Authority, which is backed by Iran. Um, You have up to the north Hezbollah, which is a terrorist organization which launches missiles into the Golan, which is also backed by Iran and Russia. There's multiple layers of this. The reason why that's important, because if you don't understand the multiple layers and the support of state-sponsored terror of an organization like Hamas, what Israel does doesn't make sense because it simply looks like a more powerful country, Israel, beating up on the Palestinian people. That's not what this is. That is not, it is not the Palestinians fighting. This is Hamas. It's a terrorist organization. So you have that. This was an unprecedented, unexpected attack, which saw, has seen the largest uh, mass murder of Jewish people since the Holocaust. The single largest mass murder of Jewish people since the Holocaust. And because this is a terrorist organization... And this is very, very graphic, but they are specifically targeting women, raping them, torturing them, dragging their naked bodies, bloodied bodies throughout the streets. Uh, They are targeting the elderly, massacring them at bus stops. They are setting houses on fire so that when families with little kids run out, they summarily execute them. They're executing kids in front of their siblings. It is a brutality and an evil that is beyond comprehension against the Israeli people. And let it be known in the Hamas charter, it is in the charter to destroy Israel. They they do not want to coexist with the Jewish people. This is a terrorist organization backed by large state-sponsored terrorism who are trying to destroy Israel. The Jewish people and the Jewish people have every right to defend themselves. And by the way, Hamas uses kids as human shields. The reason why Israel hasn't taken out the headquarters for Hamas, because it's under a hospital. These cowards built it under a hospital. They hide military uh, bases behind schools and in highly densely populated areas. So that Israel is in a really, really, really difficult position of trying. Can we defend our own people without hurting innocent civilians? Yeah, yeah, I've I've always said that I 
people from my generation grew up in an era of American propaganda, which we did. You know, I mean, I think every country has it. And I have admitted to sort of being an institutional guy where I just accepted it. I was too busy playing soccer and drums. I'm just like, okay, sounds good to me. Um, And then I met more people over the past few years, younger people mostly, uh, on this issue where they're very pro-Palestine. And so I've looked into it. I'm no scholar by any means. Amy has forgotten more about it than I'll know. Uh, But over the weekend, I was educating myself a bit, even today, about the history of it. And I absolutely acknowledge that there's a history. And, you know, no matter how thin you pour the pancakes, there are two sides. And Rachel and I were talking about this in the office today. However, uh, when you see attacks like what we saw this weekend and what we continue to see and everything that Amy just said, I feel like whatever high ground you could possibly have politically, historically is gone. Uh, I can't support or, or or even really sympathize or empathize with anyone who does what they've done this weekend. You know, I mean, it's just it's just never the answer. Uh, it's subhuman. It's brutal. It's animalistic. And I wouldn't care whether it was Israel doing it or Hamas or Ireland or Connecticut. It doesn't matter. When you do those things, you now are those people. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, which is very unfortunate because uh, I think people on all sides, the citizens, suffer, obviously. Uh, live lives that none of us can really imagine how difficult and oppressive it is. Uh, but what happened this weekend was just, I mean, my God, it, it's, it's, it's beyond anything I've seen. And... Uh, the tattoo artist, the young, beautiful woman, uh, the images mm-hmm. of her in the back of that pickup truck with her legs all bent backwards and then seeing her mom interviewed like almost in real time. It was it was literally the same day. Whew. Just my God. By the way, anyone who wants to call in on this, we'll take your phone call. Uh, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Uh, just around the horn. Any thoughts? No one has to. Jump in, but just in case you want to, wheels. No, I think I think it's. I mean, I've heard the analogy used that this is their nine eleven, which I think is fair. Um, you know, on a population percentage of population basis, it's actually probably a deeper cut. You know, they're over it's eight nine eleven. Yeah, there there are over nine hundred dead now, mm-hmm. uh, and thousands injured. Yeah, and if you and again, hundreds missing, and yeah, about one hundred fifty, I yeah. think was the last count I and, saw. We'll know the final count at some point, but again, relative to their population and ours, as Amy pointed out, it's a much deeper cut. And how did all of us feel when those towers came down on 9-11? Did some of those people, humans, the normal citizens in that part of the world have a valid gripe about some of our policies? Sure. You can always gripe about policy. Somebody is damaged by policy all the time. It doesn't justify the targeting of innocent civilians. It does not justify it. In, you can't justify it. And I don't care what the cause is. I think you said it really well, Dave. I don't care what the cause is. You lose moral standing when you specifically target innocents, when you specifically target civilians. And there's a difference between that. Maybe it's not seen from that other view. There's a difference between intentionally targeting civilians and having civilian casualties in a conflict. Neither are good. They are, but there are degrees of this. They're not the same. Yeah. There is a difference between collateral damage, between mistakes, bad intelligence with the intent to go after the bad guys. And instead you've 
destroyed an apartment building where nobody right. Right. Uh, involved was there. There's a difference between that and then intentionally knowing you're going after soft targets to go after a music festival where 260 people as of now we know are dead to go to homes where people are not waiting for you to uh, show up with guns and um, for to just fire missiles indiscriminately into certain areas. There's a difference between those things and mistakes. And once you've done that, once you've done that on purpose, you've you've lost me. I do sympathize with suffering of Palestinian people who don't want anything to do with any of this, right. who just want to freaking live, which I would argue that is the vast majority of the planet. Most people just want to live life. They want to have a house. They want their family to be protected. They just want to live normal lives. They don't want to get caught up in the political nonsense of, of what these terrorist groups do or what governments do. But the moment... As a terrorist organization who is looking for legitimacy, intentionally targets civilians, it's over, man. Like, well, I, you've you've absolutely lost me and you've lost the rest of the world. I mean, imagine 9-11 and then imagine thousands of those terrorists going into buildings, specifically finding women, torturing them, mm-hmm. raping them, dragging through the streets, going to school kids and killing kids in front of kids and going to the elderly and shooting them at bus stops. I mean, imagine that happening in New York City. And yes, to the to the point of wanting to live, as the former prime minister of Israel, Golda Meir, said, if, and, and they had different enemies over the decades, right? I mean, Egypt, uh, Lebanon, all these different terrorist organizations, Hezbollah, if the Arabs set down their weapons, there would be no more violence. If the Jews set down their weapons, there will be no more Israel. Anybody else? Any other thoughts? Okay. Um, We're going to talk about this throughout the show, and we're going to do other stuff as well. And again, your calls are always welcome. Welcome back, guys. DGS 123. Going to be talking about uh, what's going on in Israel. The whole show, but not the whole show, if you see what I mean. Uh, We'll be talking to Rabbi Shmuel Greenwald from the Priest and the Rabbi, who is in Jerusalem as we speak. And uh, that's at 2 p.m. We'll be talking to uh, former Senator Jim Talent, who kind of knows everything to know about all of this. And uh, we'll be doing that at 3 p.m. Kevin on line one. Kevin, thanks for calling in. Go right ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think you guys are pretty much saying the same thing, which you know most people are saying, which is you know it's just awful to attack innocent civilians. Um, but um, I draw the uh, comparison to Ukraine when uh, everyone was feeling the same way when uh, Russia attacked Ukraine. But I find it fascinating um, that you know over a year later, maybe it's war fatigue or whatever they say it is. Um, you have sympathizers for for Russia who attacked this innocent, um, you know, these innocent people, uh, and are brutal. Just you know, either our will or commitment to the right thing or the truth, um, or just the human condition, you know, our our, our minds and our hearts. Uh, that's just something to talk about. Thank you, Kev. Appreciate it. Um, let's change slightly and talk about us. Uh, so far, what we've done, what President Biden has done, what people from Congress have done, what people have said, uh, what do you think? How do you feel about it? What would you like us to do? 
I saw what President Biden said. I know we've sent the the Gerald R. Ford strike force with the aircraft carrier, several destroyers, several aircraft uh, toward that area as sort of a show of force. The classic, I, I think it would take a whole lot to get us to actually do anything to do anything. But it's, you know, our way of saying, hey, everyone, everyone else, just chill out. Let let them work it out. Uh, Iran, whoever, don't jump in there. Um I didn't know about the Cory Bush thing. Can you can you educate me and our audience about what happened? Yeah, Cory Bush is again like with the squad and AOC the saying that Israel needs to and I'm trying to find the exact uh, wording but she she put out a tweet that Israel needs to basically like you know don't overreact, let's just everybody, let's calm down. We want peace. And the thing is again, Israel was attacked Brutally, they have a right to defend themselves. Uh, we talked about uh, the Palestinian people, and while Hamas is brutal to the Palestinian people, Israel pulled out of Gaza in 2005. And they didn't want to pull out because they have said over and over, if we pull out, in the same way why they don't want to pull out of the West Bank, there's going to be a power vacuum. And the Palestinians elected Hamas, however they elected him, they elected him. And this is what they've gotten this the, Israel didn't have anything to do with Hamas taking power there Israel pulled out including forcibly removing Israelis who lived in Gaza pulled them all out and the Palestinian people took over Gaza and voted Hamas in again I don't know exactly how those elections went but that's who they got they got a terrorist organization that is focused solely on destroying Israel yeah and I think that the point still stands though that there are innocent people there and like we were talking during the break what sort of choice do they really have? I mean, do they have a true uh, uh, democratic opportunity there? I mean, do the to, people to of a... Afghanistan have a choice about what the Taliban does? No. 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 So what You oppose I, them, they I kill think, you. I mean, it's that simple. I think it's important to make the distinction between Hamas and then people who live in Palestine. Right. Who, like I said, right. just want to just not all of them. I'm sure some of them are fully on board with this. We've seen celebrations. The images are there. But there are a lot of people, too, who just want to live. And I think that's true all around the world in, in where there are different conflicts. So I think it's important to create the distinction between Hamas and people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cory Bush was urging Israel to exercise restraint um, and that you know, we need to stop the violence, not acknowledging exactly what's going on before. How, in reality, I should say. How, how did we all feel about it when we were attacked? Were we about? Were we telling our government to exercise restraint? Were we telling, um, no, be careful because not all of the people agree. I mean, of course we know that that's the case, but we went to Afghanistan and we and and I think in retrospect, certainly mistakenly included Iraq in all of that. But in the aftermath of nine eleven, in the day or two after, how would have how would we have re- received? messaging like that from allies well in a very simplistic ham-fisted way uh the israeli uh, they have a choice they have to err on one side or the other that they're going to go in they either are going to err on the side of we're going to go in less brutally so that we can protect people or we're going to go in and hey if people get hurt that's the way it is because we're going to go in brutally i think the concern is because in after the afghan war i think it was closer to 70,000 Afghans died as a result of all of that, the 20-year right. campaign. Right. And that was as of, of early this year. What what people, some people appear to be concerned about is let's not go down that path again. Sorry, I, I buried the lead. Cori Bush 
told the U.S. to cut off funding to Israel during this war because a military response will only exacerbate suffering. 134 DGS, happy Monday. We'll continue to talk about what's going on in Israel and do other things at 2 p.m. Uh, my very good friend, Rabbi Shmuel Greenwald from Priest and the Rabbi, will call in from Jerusalem where he is visiting his family. At uh, 3 p.m., uh, former Senator Jim Talent will call in. Jim knows so much about this topic and, and all things geopolitical military. Uh, Andrew. We've all been waiting. I, I've not talked to you at all about your weekend where you went to the regionals, mm-hmm. you against Japan in Peoria, the way it should be. Uh-huh. Uh, and you stayed with Kelly, who yeah. I still don't know is a man or a woman. And was you a, was a female. Okay. You rented out her extra bedroom. Mm-hmm. How'd it go? Uh, it went okay. Kelly wasn't terribly nice, it, turn, <laughs> it turns out. Uh, I think she was having kind of a rough day. I think she was not really feeling it. But it, a lot. Of, it felt like some of the stuff like sort of became our problem. <laughs> For example, hmm. like I introduced myself to her. I was like, "Oh, I'm, I'm Andrew. This is this is Megan. We're we're living in your house for a little bit." And she goes, "Okay," <laughs> like that. And I was oh. like, "Yeah." I was just I was just saying hi. <laughs> so then. No, wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. Yes. So, just to, for people who don't know, Andrew was staying in an I guess an Airbnb. Yeah, right? it was through Airbnb, and it's at a woman's home mm-hmm. or apartment. A uh, home. It was. Okay. A, I thought it was an apartment. It was a house where he is. He and his wife were renting out her extra bedroom. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't he have to knock on the door? Yeah, at some that's point? what I was going to say. No, I'm all confused. I had was the the beep. The, okay. Oh, it was like a number entrance. lock. Okay. Yeah, the code was uh, night knocking. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was several rooms upstairs that could have been rented out. It mm-hmm. turns out, thankfully, none of them were because that would have been like really awkward. Because all they were were sliding doors that didn't close all the way. And then there was about one foot of space between the other people's mm-hmm. bedroom that would have been there, mm-hmm. so that was a little that was a little awkward. Um, so you had the presidential suite. Yeah, we had <laughs> the we had the suite. Uh, I sent you guys a picture. That was the entire space. It mm. was a bedroom that you could kind of turn if you were standing at towards the bed. You could kind of turn and make it to the door. And I know Kelly said she <laughs> liked to do activities with her guests. Uh-huh. Did you do any board games or anything? No, she was not interested in us at all. She was interested <laughs> in getting in fights with people on the telephone. That was something that she was really into. Uh, she got in a fight with somebody on the phone at one point. What they fight about? I was uh, going out of my way to not listen because <laughs> then immediately uh, Megan and I were like, we had seen a, a big Bass Pro outdoor world. <laughs> And that's just like right our jam, you know. So I was like, let's go to that outdoor world we saw. Let's let's because you're so outdoorsy. Or... Get her, give her some Ouch. space. <laughs> it's just a fun place to go. Amy. You could have slept in that. You could have slept there. Not they that have you tents. Know. Yeah, they, like, yeah, yeah, they have. Yeah, sleeping they have tents bags. like demo tents. You could just like. How old? Bring your pillow. Kelly. Uh, seemed to be maybe like around my age, like early thirties. Hmm. She had two cats who uh, I think they were the actual owners of the house. Uh, they sat in the exact same spot the entire weekend. They never moved. Uh, they looked at me really angrily. I would walk up and do the kind of like, you know, you put the finger out and they boop it. And so they would like boop it. And then I would go to pet and they'd be like, nah, don't pet me. And I'm like, okay. Very. They're like, you have no idea the number of people I see yeah. in this house. I don't. <laughs> that seemed to be kind of the vibe. And then I, I told my wife at one point, I was like, I'm a little distressed because these cats just like are not moving. Like, they just have not moved. So how did you guys sleep? I'm curious. Uh, Terribly. So the bed kind of, the bed was not so great. It was like a a very fluffy mattress, but it had no, like, springs. 
Okay. And it had no like box springs, so it just it just kind of felt like a big pile of like very soft blankets. Like you just, I immediately or past guest clothing. Yep, that that could be too. Uh, I immediately flopped onto the bed and I just hit the floor. I mean, slam straight down, oh. and I was like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> wasn't expecting that. It's my fault for flopping. You shouldn't flop, and you no. should not flop on other people's no. furniture. No, no. Uh, did you check yeah, for but bed I think bugs? It's a fair assumption that a bed could take a normal flopping. Like if you took a running jump and jumped up yeah. and down six times, He's maybe. He's a flop apologist. Why not? <laughs> hey, if you're going to give me a bed that can't handle that, that's on you. If you don't deserve me at my flopping, you don't uh, deserve me yeah. at my how did the, not flopping. How did the tournament go? Did you get accused of cheating? Uh, I did not get accused of cheating. Hey, which is a, a You huge, are tardy, player. <laughs> a, huge, a huge step up. I the, the, the head judge did make a big scene, though, because I at one point just asked my opponent how much time he thought was left. I was trying to decide whether or not to just give up and concede, uh, but there was still plenty of time, so I, I played it out and lost. Uh, but I asked him, I was like, do you know how much time is left? And he's like, no, I really don't know. And then the judge, the head judge, who had a very loud, booming voice, came over and was like, is there some sort of conflict here? Are you fighting with each other? And I was like, no, I'm just, all I said was what, how much time is left. So do you feel like, because I've never played your sport, uh-huh. um, do you feel like you lost mainly because you lacked the experience and skill or mainly because other people had more money and bought better cards? No, it was all me. I sucked. Yeah, okay. I'm. I'm. I'm still Made in bad the bad Pokemon decisions. Yeah, I'm still at the getting good at it stage. As is as is my my lovely wife. So we we could not compete with these uh, out of countryers. Yeah, that were. Did you there. see any Japanese Pokemon people? I did. You I saw actually, the contingent. I, I, I played against somebody from China. He was very very nice. He was very. But this guy, this guy flew from China to play Andrew Stoles in Pokemon. <laughs> I, that's exactly what I said. I was like, in, it is, Peoria, in Peoria, Illinois. Illinois. Not like it was like so, Vegas or something. It's yeah. so insane. Uh, my wife's first opponent, the first person that she played against in the tournament, he was there with his wife from uh, the UK, and it was their first time ever leaving the UK for anything. Wow! Wow! To <laughs> go to Peoria, they flew across <laughs> the sea. <laughs> People from Peoria were like, "Hey." They go back I and mean, they're like, it's not that great. is fine, but <laughs> I know. come on. Do you think the, the guy from... play my wife in Pokemon. Yeah, do you think the guy from China went back to his family and said, hey, it was pretty easy. They're still in the getting good at it stage. <laughs> <laughs> well, I told him I was He's like... like calling back. I kicked this guy's ass. <laughs> I told, Well, I told him and I also told, because uh, we ended up meeting up with them a little bit later because we got along with them, the British guy and his wife that my wife... Uh, fought against. To uh, take him back against. to your uh, big pillow at the Airbnb? <laughs> <laughs> We saw you from across the convention hall. We liked your vibe. But no, I uh, I, uh, I, told him, I was like, I really, really genuinely hope you guys win above, like, everyone else. Because it's like, you know what I mean? Like, if you're going to fly all the way across the, like, internationally, you're going to fly to go to Peoria <laughs> to play Pokemon cards? Like, like I hope you win get the, your money's the, worth. the countryside, yeah. Andrew. Is it also one of those... Of dollars Prize. It's one of those things, Andrews. Too, because if he w- if he wins, you're like, see the guy that won- I lost because the guy that I played the guy that was the best one there. Yeah, you always want to lose to the best. Yeah, no Andrew- shame in being beaten by the best. Is- I did get played by I, I played a guy from Florida, Ooh. and he asked me if it was my first time <laughs> uh, going <laughs> to going to a, a regional super tournament, and I was like, it's pretty much my first time even playing. And he went, oh, oh no, <laughs> gonna win this one. He was like, oh god, no. <laughs> what is the security like at these things in case there's trouble? Very, very little. Really, very lax. Here's because I've seen. I've you know, seen the Pokemon some. do all the fighting. 
Yeah, exactly. If, when you when you got them backing you up, you're not scared of much. What if there was a fight and they all just pulled out their cards? I was gonna say. <laughs> I mean, I'm not like, sure how how brutal a Pokemon fight could get. <laughs> it was like this, uh, Charizard, like the the video of the two guys having the middle finger fight <laughs> yeah. in like New York or something. Yeah. They're, they're like, no. If I'm gonna like, get in a fight, I want to get in a fight at a Pokemon tournament. Yeah, it's like real skinny twig guys, or it's like people like me who get who get just just yelling at somebody they get uh, out of breath. Uh, <laughs> but, but no, it's a great environment. Super chill, a uh, great community. Everybody was like very nice. Everyone's very friendly. Did they have concessions? Uh, they did have concessions. I did not. Are you kidding me? At a Pokemon? <laughs> <laughs> I was just making sure. I did not partake in the concessions. You didn't? What? No. We, no hot dogs. We weren't there long. So, uh, we weren't there long enough to eat. Well, so they did four rounds. It was a nine-round tournament, and so it's about 10 hours. And they did four rounds and then a lunch break and then came back for more. And we only stayed through the four rounds before lunch because we were already out of, mm. like, contention for coming back for day two. And uh, that gave us the opportunity to head home a little early and get away from Kelly. Yeah, well, like we need to get out of here. Flee, flee I thought Kelly was supposed to cook you dinner well, yeah, or something. we were going to eat together. Wasn't there a whole thing? Like a, Where on earth are you getting that I, from? That's what I thought. Mm, maybe because you said you were going to hang out with her. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. said that her that she listings wants to, said she, she likes to hang with people. Right. That, does, that doesn't mean we're going to invite her out to dinner with us. I no, she'd no, I make it at the She house. would cook for you guys. Like, come on down. Make a beef stew. If I ever say, do you guys want to hang out with me, I'm not talking about cooking you dinner. <laughs> oh. I love that you slept on a <laughs> giant pillow made of dead people's hair. <laughs> and you're acting like we're the crazy ones yeah. here. <laughs> so, okay. One more question about the Airbnb situation. Yes. Was it ruined by Kelly or do you just feel like I would never want to do this again under any circumstances with any stranger? It was definitely not ruined by Kelly. Um, nothing really went wrong. Uh, it was just uncomfortable. Yeah. It was just like a weird situation. Who could have imagined that? It felt weird, like using somebody else's shower and they, she had like this, like uh, special shampoo that kept like all the bottles said like for Kelly and only Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, it was oh like, God. Oh, what yeah. the hell? It was this like a it was nightmare. Just, it was just strange. It felt really weird. It felt weird using somebody else's toilet. All right, for everybody. Like it just felt. You see the listing. It's like every rating is ten out of ten. Every rating is amazing. This is a great experience. But you've got to stay in an Airbnb with the person who owns the place. Not a chance. Not, Not a chance. It. I don't care how good it is. I was never it worth saving it. the fifty bucks? And well. Probably not. And I got my wife to admit that, too. How she was like, Yay! no way are we not doing no, that'll this. Learn That's a breakthrough. She was like, right away, as soon as we got there and the, the vibes were terrible, I was. she was like, yeah, we should have gotten a hotel. We should have gotten a hotel. Wait, did she seem annoyed? Did Kelly seem annoyed that you were there? Um, Less annoyed that we were there and more just like annoyed with every part of, of life. Mm. I, I Like I said, she was just having a rough day, which is which is totally fine. Um. Also, I I maintain that Airbnb is extremely messy and brings out the worst in me because so how Airbnb reviewing works mm-hmm. is that she can write a review of us and we can write a review of her. And then like they're revealed at the same time to each other. And then you get to respond to what the other person said, mm. but only like only if you 
only if you leave that first review can you see what she said about you mm. and then respond to that if you want to respond and you get like one response to it. It's just it's what incredibly messy. I haven't left her a review yet. I don't know if she left a review of us, but like if I say Oh, five stars. Yeah, it was great. It was totally fine. He immediately jumped happened. on the bed. I heard it. <laughs> right. <laughs> and if, so then if she leaves, there was a loud crash. If she leaves us like a one star review. And then you come back and you're like, okay, here's the truth. Yeah, then I have to go back and go like, oh, well, you're going to leave me a one star review? Well, uh, here's some stuff that I didn't like about the place that I didn't say because I thought I'd just be nice. I'm like, you. <laughs> what? Just really I, just, I would just really vote for not doing it and then not like not. Review, doing the review, and then just start a new account the next time you want to do an interview. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's a very good idea. Just staying on the run. <laughs> Wait, but will you see that you have a bad rating? No, I have to leave her a review. Uh, yeah, but you'll see, see your, overall your overall go down. I don't know. I don't know what my overall is. Yeah. I've never <laughs> actually looked at someone's review of me because I'm terrified. Of so everything you just said judged. for the past four minutes was hypothetical? Yeah. No. <laughs> it's real. It's how Wait. Airbnb works. Can I go look at your rating and, and your reviews? <laughs> Maybe know. it's only if you try to reserve a place. They would see, oh, this person's got a two. Okay. It may be worth me buying a property and opening it up <laughs> yeah. just to see, just to just to see what, just what to people see are saying reviews. about him. It'd be Dude, worth yep. a bit. Yep. Yep. They don't need ratings for you if you want to stay in a hotel, though. <laughs> he wouldn't stop flopping on the bed and ruined it. <laughs> 153 DG ass on camel wax. Coming up at the top of the hour, we have uh, Rabbi Shmuel Greenwald from the Priest and the Rabbi, who happens to be in Jerusalem as we speak, visiting with some of his children, and he's been through it. He, uh, I think Andrew said he's already been in the, uh, bu- the bunker, the storm shelters. What do you call? Just bomb shelters. Yeah, bomb shelters. There you go. Uh, A couple times a day. So it's going to be very interesting to talk to him. Wheels hate to do this to you, but let's talk some sports. Mm -mm. Were you watching the Miami game? I'm not talking about it. Mm. (laughs) Oh, yeah, your coach. Nope. Your dummy coach. Let's talk about that. Oh, my God. Uh, Just be prepared with the dump button. (laughs) Okay. Um, Please, I hope this happens. So it's just they're playing Georgia Tech Saturday night. Uh, They come into the game undefeated. Georgia Tech's two and three. They had lost the previous week to Bowling Green. Should be a game you win. It was competitive. It was close. But they had the lead. They crossed the threshold at the end of the game where all you needed to do was take a knee and the game is over because the clock runs out. And they kept running plays. And then there was a fumble. And then there were two big plays. And in 26 seconds, they went from an automatic win to a loss. Oh, How bad is it for the coach? Uh, I mean, it's, he's in no danger. He's in year two of an $80 million contract, a 10-year deal. So. What did he say? He basically made excuses. Ooh, that's bad. Like he gets in there and he's like, he's like, you know, yeah, you know, we talked about ball security, two hands on the ball, you know. And oh, I, yeah, he blamed the running like, back. Well, he was yeah. just trying to like make it out like this was legit football. And he, people kept asking him, but you, you do know that if you just took a knee, the game was over, right? And at the end, he kind of like, yeah, we probably should have just taken a knee. But like he made excuses how is, like how things get, you know, sometimes things get fast down there. Like, no, 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 no. You make eight that's million. That's why you get paid millions. Yeah, dollars you make eight million dollars a year. You have assistant coaches. Somebody you have says, twenty-five hey, hey, hey. people on the staff. Yeah, Bad some- win for Mizzou too. <clears throat> yeah, and Mizzou obviously came out strong. Man, yeah. they, I mean, they were great early. The offense was clicking. The problem is that LSU is super talented on offense. And look, this is just partly the difference between Mizzou and LSU. LSU is far more physically gifted. They have more talented players across the board. So in the end, the talent overcame. But I still think that... Did you Drinkwitz know, make a bad decision on that game? I mean, yeah, he does. But he's also in the position where he's the less talented team. So every mistake you make is going to be magnified, yeah. right? Um, 
I would have expected before the game. In fact, LSU was favored in Vegas. They were supposed to win the game. But when you see how it played out and you had the 21-7 to lead and you had the opportunity to maybe clamp down, you can feel the the regret of one that gets away. Yeah. But the better team was the team that ended up winning. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but but, but at, least, at least Mizzou didn't take a guaranteed victory yes. and give it away. Yes. Right? Like, it was... I said this on Twitter that, that night, uh, Saturday night, in, in between breaking things. 12-year-olds playing Madden know how to run a clock out. Like, they know what to do when you get to Like, everybody in football knows. You hit this certain time, and if it's first down, the game is over. Whatever time you hit, all right, we have two plays left. All right, we had 35 seconds. Game's over. Just kneel. Everybody knows that. And somehow, some way, not everybody. Mario hey, Cristobal did I'm not just, know that. I am just happy your football team's coach is dumber than my football team's coach. I mean, that's uh, I've have had people ask me that might be the dumbest football decision I've ever seen. It's pretty bad. Like you can't do worse than a guaranteed win getting away. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 